0: time for some overlooked stocks. Let's dive into movers that you missed in today's session. George joins us from Salt Lake. Mr. Tillis with the overlooked stocks of the day. George, since we were just fawning over Tesla, let's go into the realm of green energy, renewable energy, and talk fuel cell, which had a nice day, up 6%. Any particular reason why? Or is this whole group just kind of back in vogue?
1: Yeah, I think it's back in vogue, OJ. There's no particular reason why fuel cell was up today, but there has been some nice uh, upward mobility, at least in the last six months or so, in anything alternative energy-based, especially when it comes down to maybe an infrastructure plan from the Biden administration. More spending equals uh, more t- either tax credits or direct purchases or subsidies from the uh, from the U.S. federal government. So I think that's one of the catalysts for fuel cell, but also one of the primary catalysts for any of these companies that are in the alternative energy space. But Fuel cell is interesting in particular because it's in the hydrogen uh, energy space. We talked about plug power, which is uh, one of the leaders in this particular uh, alternative energy. Uh, But one of the challenges about hydrogen fuel based uh, technologies is stability. Uh, Ideally speaking, it packs a high energy punch uh, when it comes down to energy density and volume needed to store. The, uh, the product, uh, it's actually cheap to produce, but at the same time, there's a lot of volatility in it. So we do see fuel cell technologies applied more so in the commercial industrial space. Now, fuel cell is a little bit different than plug power. Plug power itself uh, has more fuel cell-based uh, delivery vehicles, in other words, things like forklifts and automated equipment that is utilized in warehouses like Amazon and Walmart. Well, fuel cell actually uses some traditional hydrocarbon-based energies, whether it be biodiesel, they also could use solar, which is non-traditional, natural gas, and they actually use their technologies to convert that energy into uh, into electricity. And what the the, the whole uh, concept behind it is, is can you actually use some uh, hydrocarbon energy, convert it into something a little bit more powerful on a net energy uh, basis? And that's what their technology does. But there are some executional and, of course, financial challenges the company has faced because you can see fuel cell has certainly underperformed a couple of its respective peers, companies like Bloom Energy. That's another hydrogen fuel cell-based company, as well as Plug Power.
0: Okay. So they're all, to your point, kind of waking up here. And FuelCell is actually the slowest one. So kind of based on this, if you think they're going to move in the same way, then maybe there's a little opportunity to try and trade that gap getting closed by a fuel cell catching up or the other one's catching down?
1: Yeah, so one of the things you'll you'll think about or, or, or point out with this is, one, it's going to be a high beta alternative energy play. The second thing is institutional ownership. Plug Power itself has about 70% institutional ownership. Fuel Cell has barely 20% institutional ownership. So therefore, you know, retailers, could retail traders could certainly become interested in a company like Fuel Cell is a high beta play on, uh, on the mobility or movement in price associated with fuel cell technologies. But uh, I, I will say this, if you just look at the financial fitness of the company, this company really needs a lot of government support. And what, my, what I mean by this is, looking at sales uh, for the last four quarters, about 73 million, uh, it's generating sales growth around 16%, but the company did lose hmm. 95 million It doesn't seem like a ton. So it's net income. Yeah, it's a lot relative to sales. And, and that's a big challenge. Okay. And, and even gross margins, I when I looked at those, I was pretty astonished, really low, uh, about 4%. So what I see here is is a company that's got some executional challenges, maybe some product uh, deployment challenges. Uh, and of course, maybe a customer base challenge and high R&D expenses, because their cash burn, at least based on last quarter's numbers, if you annualize it is about 85 to 90 million. And that also exceeds their, uh, their net uh, revenue last year, which I mentioned, was about 73 million. So you got to keep that in mind. I, I do see companies like this; uh, they dilute their shares often. They have to just because the free cash flow exceeds their top line sales. But this is a company that could certainly benefit from either, you know, more infrastructure spending, more uh, renewable fuel sure. spending. Uh, but at the same time, if they improve their customer base, which includes, you know, commercial customers like, for instance, municipalities and governments. Uh, as well as uh, you know, industrial, commercial, and customers, and the hospitality business. Hotels, for instance, uh, utilize their technologies on the roofs of their buildings mm. to produce uh, you know on-site electricity using these microgrid technologies that fuel cell has.
0: Okay, George, really good reminder here of where it fits in with the broader group, and also, frankly, uh, probably an important reminder that uh, that next injection of stimulus and spending is likely to finally live up to some of the expectations i think the market's been baking in for these companies and their assistance of that stimulus is kind of getting the program going uh for getting out some of these sites refueling all these types of things all right uh george let's switch gears here you've also got lending club on your mind lc just a a wild wild breakout move why what happened earnings right
1: yeah, it was earnings, and this is an interesting story, uh, OJ, as well. I will say this that we've talked about two companies that fit into this Lending Club mold, and I'll explain why in a minute. But SoFi and Upstart, uh, these are two companies we've talked about, and, and I'll and I'll talk about the relationship between Lending Club and its business model change in the last two quarters. The Lending Club is an online lending marketplace. Now, traditionally speaking, it borrowed. Uh, equity and debt capital from institutional investors who provide that capital to fund loans for uh, for everything including personal loans, education loans, healthcare finance loans uh, for those who are maybe underinsured or uninsured, small business loans and even auto finance. Now, one of the things about this company is, is over time, it's moving away from its institutional uh, wholesale funding market into uh, the bank funding market, which is a deposit base. The other thing is, the company has developed what Upstart has done. It it, it basically has a very unique and proprietary credit scoring qualification software that uses multivariate analysis. Now we know Upstart uh, is a company we've talked about on this segment, which has done extremely well this year, utilizing machine learning and AI-based technology. To extend loans. To, of course, uh, minimize credit risk, but also find opportunities for those using traditional models wouldn't be qualified as a, as a good credit risk. So in other words, looking for better That's lending right. opportunities that maybe the, the traditional credit scoring uh, models don't have, at the same time l- reducing loan loss uh, loan losses for the uh, for lenders and banks or affiliate banks. So uh, Lending Club itself is, is is a kind of a combination now of two things. One, it's it's it did receive and purchase another bank. I forget the name of it, and it does have a bank charter. And so what that means is now it has a very cheap form of capital versus higher cost institutional capital, at That's least right. on the commercial debt side of the equation. And the second thing is now this is the second reported quarterly earnings, where sales growth is over 100%. And this is based upon the fact that now it's able to make loans, widen out its uh, distribution of loans, but also keep loans on their balance sheet. 20% of the loans the market wants that reported in their earnings uh, this last week are on the balance sheet. And those loans that are retained huh. are about three times more profitable than loans that Lending Club and any financial institution would basically package and ship off and sell into wow. the third party.
0: So the market's viewing these loans is so rock solid that it wants them to have them on their books?
1: Yes, and that's the thing. Wow. So what you have here that's is- a lot of confidence, form. right? As soon as, yeah, as soon as Lending Club uh, pinned down a bank charter, and keep in mind that SoFi has done this, they, they actually now are, are, are working through the legal process of initiating or becoming a full-fledged chartered bank and that that again gives them access to a very cheap form of deposit capital or a topo- uh, capital that uh, that is deposited by uh depositors which are paid nothing essentially it's very cheap uh, so now we have basically lending club which basically has a a form of non-credit risk uh, business which is its technology for uh credit scoring but also taking on credit risk and the credit risk component alongside the non-credit risk component of its business mm-hmm. are both growing in synergy together. And this is why you see, at least in the last two quarters, uh, what I call a gap and go in the price chart. You'll yes, see a yes. gap higher and a continuation, and then in three months later- it's changing you see a lot. Happen. Yeah, and that that gives you an idea that something structurally is happening with the company and it's a manifestation, like I said, of the Lending Club becoming a a, a commercial bank.
0: Basically what's happening, George, is so many of these different uh, financial services that were contained to specific, maybe one-use services or one-trick tech, they're now either partnering with uh, more traditional uh, banking institutions or just combining other uh, specific businesses, and now we've got these you know, non-traditional banks that are banks, right? We've got the apps that now are turning into banks to some degree, we've got the lenders now that are looking more like a traditional bank, and you've got Uh, The other end in the crypto world, I mean, we were talking Silvergate this week, I believe, uh, at some point this week. It all kind of blends together, but obviously the bank to the crypto world, too. But man, what a degree of optimism in the market with regards to the quality of those loans that them taking on the credit risk is sending the stock quite a bit higher. I mean, you got to really hope that uh, all these loans are good, because now it's like kind of Zillow buying the homes to some degree analogous, is it not?
1: It is, and, and here's the thing, and, and, and it's a good point to bring up. If you just look at the revenue growth the last two quarters at over 100%, both respectively, it gives you an idea that now the, the sales that they're that are earning is not based upon origination, underwriting and originating in the distribution model. It's basically underwriting... Uh, and, of course, uh, maintaining and then, like I said, about 20 uh, percent of the loans that they made in the quarter are now retained on the books. And so those those loans discounted are, are, are worth quite a bit more than loans that they traditionally would underwrite and then, of course, sell in, into the uh, into the secondary markets. And so that's an important change in the business, not to mention there's other opportunities in the conference call that Lenny Club talked about emerging into. And that's again. Uh, going aggressively into the automo- automotive uh, lending space for refinances, buy now, pay later is also another area uh, of interest. Insurance, these are, again, these large financial uh, marketplaces like SoFi. This seems to be what their uh, business is all about, uh, as well as, uh, again, like I said, uh, them converting into uh, becoming a, a full-fledged commercial bank. So insurance is also another area where these marketplaces one-stop shopping for all financial products and services are, are coming. And who knows, maybe Lending Club ends up starting a, a sort of a, a brokerage like SoFi does. That's another mm. uh, area of interest or a potential channel of revenue.
0: George, that is the overlooked stock of the week, uh, Lending Club. We will leave it there this afternoon. Nice deep dive and uh, love the way the technical moves align with the big changes in this business that go beyond the top and the bottom line beat we see here from their earnings. Quite a story that uh, is certainly underappreciated. George Tillis, the man with the fundamental look here under the hood of some important companies. Thanks, George.